and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name's Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Blimey, it's the end of August already, can you believe it? We have had a wild and such a hot month over here in the UK. We've been plagued with train strikes this month as well, so it's all been a bit hectic. I'm actually super grateful for the rain that's come down today, it's uh, been a thunderstormy night. What a perfect way to walk in this week's monster. This week we are heading back over to the Nordics and looking at the wonderful dwarves. This is one that honestly there's so much information on, I'm actually really excited to be able to fill this one out with as much info as I possibly can so that you can get the most out of the podcast for this legendary monster this week that we all know and love. Dwarves in the most traditional sense are described as short, humanoid beings that are generally quite stocky and broad. They have wonderful beards that they would decorate with metal, plat, and generally would take very good care of, much like the Scandinavian Vikings. They would usually dress in armour that would be adorned by gold and silver and decorated with dwarven symbols. They are a very proud race and hold their culture and practices very close to their hearts, with very few outsiders learning from them. They also are often described as having a Scottish accent, which is quite funny for a Scandinavian monster, I suppose, but we'll, we'll run with it. I love them all sounding a bit like Shrek. They usually lived in hollowed out mountains where they would create these great and mighty beer halls, much like the Vikings very much again with their massive ale halls. It was very much that kind of aesthetic as well within the dwarven race. Dwarves are fiercely loyal to each other within their kind, and they treat any dwarf like family. It's said that they also adore gems, gold and jewels, and there are definitely some similarities to dragons that would invade their rich homesteads and steal and harbour all of that gold, but that's a really fun comparison. However, as much as they were seen as greedy from outside influences, they had an aversion to influence actually, making them extremely difficult to manipulate or possess. They are also noted as being extremely easily offended if someone's rude to them, and they loved holding a long-term grudge against not only the person, but the race they belong to. When most people think of dwarves, they think of men. However, dwarvish women were also really prevalent within their societies. They looked and sounded similar to their male counterparts, including the beards too but they generally wouldn't leave their mountain halls in order to keep on top of their duties in the home. However, I will say here, the dwarves are very often not likely to marry. They were actually more likely to focus on their crafts, sometimes making the outside races believe that there were no women dwarves or children dwarves. However, they were just generally kept inside their homes. They would only really go out once they had matured. Now, in regards to powers, though, they were immensely strong and were naturally resistant to extreme temperatures. They also had longer lives than most other races, which sometimes was up to 250 years. They also, as you probably already know, have an affinity for metalworking and smithing, 
They were fantastic at crafting, much like their competitive and sometimes friendly race of gnomes. But this is very often as to why they were adorned with gold, silver, gems, and are known for that hoarding nature is because they generally were quite good at crafting and smithing them into useful objects such as weapons, shields, armour, siege weapons, furniture even. They were really, really talented at making stuff out of other stuff. And we know based on gnomes that they were also quite keen on metallurgy and smithing. They were very much a crafty race as well. But actually, in contrast to how well they work with gnomes sometimes, their absolute sworn enemy were elves, who the dwarves often blamed for the destruction of their mountain homes and the murders of their kinsmen. They also generally considered elves to be very rude and generally stuck up, as they often belittled them for their height and stature and insulted their very nomadic culture. So they weren't the favourite of the dwarves, is the easiest way to put this across. But dwarves also weren't massively fond of men. They would deal with them, however, they weren't our favourite sister race. Now, moving on to etymology. The word dwarf comes from the old English word dwarg, which sometimes translates over to dizzy, as it's believed that dwarves had a power to sometimes make humans suffer mental disorders. However, there is no written record of this. But the amazing thing about this week's etymology is actually the plural of it, and it's up to your own belief in, I suppose, grammar, in what you think is correct. There are technically two types of the way you can say dwarves, and that's dwarfs and dwarves. It's generally believed that dwarfs with an F is more popular, even though grammatically incorrect, and Tolkien actually popularised this version in Lord of the Rings, and later said exactly this. I'm afraid it is just a piece of private bad grammar. Rather shocking in a philologist, but I shall have to go with it. Now that was back in 1937, but dwarves with a V was used as early as 1818, and in all honesty, I'm a proper stickler for grammar, so this is why I've used it for this episode. I refuse to use the dwarfs with an F and an S. It looks horrendous. For history though, the monster is actually pretty interesting because, in theory, this is a German monster, not Scandinavian, and we can kind of put them in the same barrel, Germanic, they both speak Germanic-based languages, but it is specifically a German creature. So sorry I've deceived you, although technically I'm not really. There are loads of more links to them in Nordic mythos than German, so really that's why we've focused on the Nordic side so far. But the first mentions of the dwarves were actually within a German prose called the Nibelungenlied, which translates to the Song of the Nibelungs, an epic poem from 1200 that the Germanic-speaking people were excellent at writing, of course, look at Beowulf, where the first dwarf Alberich guards his secret treasure with the utmost ferocity. That's probably the easiest way to put this whole story. However, the biggest mention of dwarves is within Norse mythology, and it's within the Poetic Edda, which we've mentioned on the podcast before, as this again was written in the 13th century, so around the same time, but of course by the Norse people. Dwarves were described as being born from the bones and blood of Ymir, the giant who formed the Norse universe after death. It was said that the dwarves were like maggots living within the decaying body of the giant before being blessed with meaning and purpose by the Norse gods. 
If you want to hear more about Emir, have a look at the Jotun episode that I did a few months ago. That's got a really nice description of him. He's too intense to go into in this one. There were four main dwarves within Norse mythology that were named in the Edda. We have Nordri, Sordri, Ostri and Vestri, who were given the blessing of holding up the sky. I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, really, but that was their job. Aside from this, though, other dwarves were given jobs such as smithing, brewing mead, healing and crafting. But unfortunately, even some of these unsavoury roles, such as being murderers, stalkers and rapists of human women. So there are a variation of what they did too. But within Norse myth, they were loyal worshippers of Thor due to the use of the hammer, obviously, and being the god of crafters. One dwarf, Alvis, actually swore that he would marry Thor's daughter, but Thor kept him literally talking all evening, and when the sun rose, he turned to stone, much like the trolls within Norse mythology too. Although this is not a power that I've noted previously because it wasn't actually noted in any historical text other than this story. They were also very much linked with hell and death due to their death-infused conception within the bones and blood of Ymir, and forged the great doors between the worlds in the Norse mythos between death and all of the different realms. If you want to hear more about the Norse universe, again, I talked about it in the Jotun episode, really went into depth there, so I would recommend listening to that if you haven't already and want a different understanding. But lastly, of course, we have to come back to the German roots of this, and they are mentioned in the Grimm Tales in Jacob Grimm's Deutsch mythology. However, they are often confused with other creatures such as gnomes, halflings, so we can kind of see where this is dropped off in the German mythos. But we also have to discuss that they're one of the main races in Lord of the Rings, with the most qualities I've described already. Our favourites, of course, being in the team from The Hobbit, and Gimli from the original trilogy. You can't generally talk about dwarves without talking about Tolkien. He has such an influence on these mystic and fantasy races, such as dwarves, orcs, elves, all of this kind of thing, that it's almost essential talking about. And Tolkien is credited, of course, for most of the fantasy creation we have of the dwarf in our head. And the dwarves I've described in this episode very much all comes from the writings of Tolkien. We can very much attribute him to the creation of these amazing races. He was truly a wordsmith. (laughs) Now, lastly, the real-life comparison of the condition is known as dwarfism, very much taking the name from this fantasy creature, where growth is stunted in an individual, making them shorter than the average person. It's not known what causes this condition, But people can live with dwarfism and have a normal life expectancy, can live perfectly good and healthy, happy lives. It affects 1 in 40,000 people, which sounds like not very much, but there are nearly 8 billion people on the planet, so you can kind of see the ratio and the commonality of this condition. Now, on to modern Mingdia, where we obviously have quite a few, so I hope you're ready. Hold on to your tool belts. For art, we have very few actual portraits, but there are two by Enrico Albrisi from the 1700s, one called Dwarf Celebrating a Festival, and the others called Dwarf Cutting a Large Block of Cheese. They are both very, very cute. I would genuinely recommend looking them up just for pure sweetness. But I would also look up the independent stuff from Warhammer, Warcraft, Dungeons and Dragons, for some really cool blacksmithing or warrior-based artwork with dwarves. 
In movies, we don't have many, actually. We have Labyrinth, Thor, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings trilogy, Seven Sferg, Star Trek, Defiance, Avengers Infinity War, Chronicles of Narnia, and, of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. For TV, we have Doctor Who, Once Upon a Time, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and the upcoming Rings of Power, the Lord of the Rings series, which I'm still very much up in the air about. I'm not sure if it's going to be any good. But they did actually correct the fact that the dwarven women are meant to have beards, which they originally said they weren't going to do. So I'm very happy with this. In video games, there were loads, so I have condensed this list. We have ones such as Dragon Age, Lineage 2, Arcanum, Deep Rock Galactic, Golden Sun, Delve Deeper, Legend of Zelda, Master of Magic, Neverwinter Nights, Overlord, Paladins, Bastion, Pillars of Eternity, RuneScape, World of Warcraft, Warcraft, Age of Mythology, Darksiders, Dark Souls 2, Dwarf Fortress, Elder Scrolls, Final Fantasy 4, 5, 9 and 14, God of War, Pathfinder, The Dwarves and Smite. Now the book recommendation this week is a bit different because I've just binged Neil Gaiman's Sandman on Netflix and he wrote a fantastic book on Norse mythology, literally called Norse Mythology. So I would really recommend this. It's not a novel, it's very much a real observation of Norse mythology. He's just written it and he's a fantastic writer. So go check this out for some great stories from this mythos. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I would love to think that everyone's favourite miners from Norse mythology existed, but I think the most likely culprit here is the existence of dwarfism throughout the ages, which could totally explain the misinterpretation. However, are there any links to blacksmiths specifically being people who have dwarfism? I don't find anything to back this up, unfortunately. But I do like the idea of the dwarves from Lotra existing, just the idea of the fun catchphrases and the Scottish accents. I do also really like the idea of master blacksmiths living in our mountains. And honestly, it makes me sad that blacksmithing has taken a step back in recent times. I do think it's possibly the coolest profession. But I personally really love dwarves. I think they're a fantastic fantasy monster. And whenever I have a chance to play one in a video game, I always will. Maybe it's because I'm like nearly six foot, I suppose. And it's a, a step in a opposite direction for me. <laughs> but what do you think? Did dwarves settle in the mountains of Earth? Let me know on Twitter. I would love to know what you think. And I'm so glad we got to cover this one. It was super fun. With my love of RPGs, it's definitely a monster I'm really passionate about. And I love to see within modern media. But next week, we're actually doing the funniest thing. I'm really quite proud of myself. And we're following this up with the historic enemies of the dwarves. And we're technically staying within Nordic mythology, which I wouldn't usually do one episode after another, but I couldn't resist. Yes, next week we are looking at the elegant, the beautiful elves. Might not be so beautiful though. Please find out next Thursday and toss me. Don't tell the elf. But for now, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my Scottish accent right there. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, 
and you can find us on good pods and patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too come join the fun though share this with your pals they might love me as much as you do but for now stay spooky and i'll see you later babes